How many of you have heard someone say, you need to forgive yourself? Maybe you've even heard it in church. And we know what they mean when they say it. They mean you have to stop beating yourself up or you have to move on. You can't dwell on the past. But did you know that this concept of self-forgiveness isn't in the Bible? Not once throughout the entire Bible, in any of its passages about forgiveness, does God discuss forgiving ourselves. So what should Christians do with this concept of self-forgiveness? We'll discuss this and more today on this episode of the Cross-Examination Podcast. Hi, my name is Shane, and you're listening to the Cross-Examination Podcast, where we discuss eternal truths for today's believers. On our podcast, we'll discuss topics like humility, sin, holiness, and forgiveness. And I'll give you practical advice for walking faithfully with the Lord. So get out your Bibles, sit back, and enjoy. Self-forgiveness. Like I said, we've all probably heard this before in a conversation with a very well-meaning person, but it's true. The Bible never discusses forgiving yourself. The Bible does discuss two types of forgiveness. For purposes of today's discussion, I'll call the first one vertical forgiveness. It's the forgiveness that God offers us. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's vertical because that forgiveness is between God and us. The second type of forgiveness is horizontal forgiveness. It's forgiveness we offer someone else or forgiveness that we receive from someone else. Colossians 3.13 says this, Bearing with one another, and if one of you has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. When we sin, we should seek forgiveness from God and from the person we sinned against, if there is one. We ask God for forgiveness because ultimately, every sin that we commit is a sin against God. It's his holy law that we break when we sin, and our repentance makes us right with God. But God also deeply cares about us repenting to people that we may have sinned against. Matthew 5 verses 23 through 24 say this, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and suddenly you remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Wow. God cares so deeply about us being reconciled with our brothers and sisters that he tells us to leave our sacrifice in the temple, to leave the altar of God, and to go and be reconciled with that person first, and then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. If we are saved and we ask God to forgive us, then he has forgiven us. So why does the guilt of our sin sometimes persist? There's a couple of reasons I think this might happen. Sometimes the guilt of our sin persists because we haven't asked the person we've sinned against to forgive us. We haven't said that we're sorry. I just read you the scripture in Matthew 23 through 24 where God tells us to stop and leave our sacrifice at the altar and to go and be reconciled to that person. And 
And when we haven't sought reconciliation, when we haven't apologized for the sin that we commit, sometimes that guilt, the guilt that we feel, is actually because we know we've wronged someone and we've never apologized for it. The second reason why the guilt of our sin sometimes persists while we feel guilty even long after we've repented of it is because some of us think that forgiveness isn't possible for someone like us. I must admit, sometimes I fall into this category. When I think back at my past sin and my poor choices and all of the ways and the times that I dishonored God, it's almost unimaginable to me that I would be able to receive God's forgiveness. But the reality is, long before I sinned, God chose to forgive me. And long before I sinned, he sent his son to die for me. Matthew 26 verses 27 through 28 says this, And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and he said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. If you're struggling to believe that forgiveness is possible for someone like you, I want you to know that in Matthew 26, when Jesus talks about a covenant between God and his people, he's talking about you too. And when the verse says it is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many, he's talking about you too. Sometimes the feeling of guilt and shame from our sin persists because we haven't fully received God's forgiveness. Lisa Turkhurst says this, Since we are not the judge, we cannot pardon ourselves. So when we feel like we are struggling with forgiving ourselves, what's really happening is we're struggling to fully receive the forgiveness of God. I have carried a lot of burdens in my life, but shame is by far the heaviest burden I have ever carried. We don't have the authority to choose to forgive our sins. We don't have the authority to choose whether our sins are forgivable or not. Only God can do that. And he's already decided that my sin and your sin are indeed forgivable. And he's already decided that we who love him and believe in him are in fact redeemable. So what should you do in that guilt and shame of past sin that you've repented of comes up. The first thing I want you to know is that persistent guilt and shame is not from God. That guilt you're feeling, it's false guilt. If you have sought forgiveness from God and from the people you've sinned against and you have repented, then you are no longer guilty and God does not condemn you. The Bible says that there is no shame in Christ Jesus. John Piper says this, the biblical way out of the lie of self-forgiveness is to humble ourselves and admit we have no right to step into the role of judge and pronounce a death sentence on ourselves. As we close, I want you to remember this. God created you and he sent his Holy Spirit to draw you to him and he allowed Jesus to die for you and he did all of this knowing what you would do. And he still wanted you. And he still wants you. And if you repent 
and ask God for forgiveness, then God forgives you. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive them and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our confession means that we are no longer guilty. We are free to live with the new righteousness God offered to us through the sacrifice of his son. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you chose to offer us forgiveness. I thank you that in your grand plan, God, you knew that you'd create us and you knew that we'd sin and you knew that we'd repent, God, and you even knew that we would struggle with shame and guilt and condemnation. But God, you provide a way out. And that way out, God, is to fully receive the forgiveness you've offered us. That way out is to dethrone ourselves from the seat of judgment. To remind ourselves, God, that only you can pronounce judgment on us. I thank you, God, that your mercies are new every morning. God, I pray that you would release us from the burden of shame. I pray that you would remind us, God, that we are made righteous because of the sacrifice of your son. I pray that we would know who we are in you. I pray that we would resist the lie of self-forgiveness, knowing that the forgiveness that you offer us is all the forgiveness that we'll ever need. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with someone you think needs to hear it. Also, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts because that helps other people find it. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, you can send them to crossexaminationpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, bye.